Good morning, you're listening to Indie Live Radio and this is the Friday morning daytime show. This is Marlene Halliday speaking and I'm here with Val Gould as normal. And the theme of the day's programme is campaigning in the new normal. The idea for having a show on that topic came about after Val and I had had several conversations with people from different Yes groups just talking about whether they're doing any street campaigning again, how were they managing to do it, were they reluctant, what were people's feelings about it. So today we've got three separate interviews. The first one is about the National Banner Library and in that we'll be talking to Ruth Barrett of Grassroots Oban and to Irene Stacey of Inver Yes and to Sheena Stevens of the Greater Glasgow Pensioners for Indie Group. So that's the first interview. After that we're uh, moving down to Berwickshire and we're talking to Lorne and Campbell from Yes Berwickshire Group and they're going to be talking about how they're out and about campaigning at the moment but focusing on events that happen at bridges specifically bridges over the A1 at the border. That's the second interview. The third interview is with Eileen Budd. So she creates fantastic short videos, 60 second videos. Some of them are about just ordinary Scots from history who you won't find in history books but who nonetheless have done something amazing in their life. And her other 60 second videos are about topics that are all connected with the campaign for our independence. And she, she's also an illustrator. She's got a big project underway just now, which is to produce a new version of the old tales of Ossian, Ossian the poet warrior. So that's the third interview. Hope you enjoy them all. Here we go with the first one. Good morning and welcome to got some great guests for um, for our listeners today. And the first uh, set of guests we have are three women who are going to talk to us about a very exciting initiative. We've got Ruth Barrett from Grassroots Open. Hello there, Ruth. Hiya. Sheena, Stephen. Sheena, you're still on mute now. Yeah. Stephen. Yeah. yeah, good morning, everyone. Sheena, Stephen from Pensioners for Independence. And we've also got Irene Stacey from Inveryes. And it was Marlene's idea to um, invite Sheena and Ruth and Irene along today um, and they're going to talk to us about a very exciting initiative that's been on the go for a few months. Marlene, would you like to um, say a bit about that before we talk to our guests? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so those of you who listen to the programme regularly, you'll have known recently Val and I have you know, mention things about, you know, how how do you go about campaigning now that we can't campaign in the ways that we used to take for granted. So we've we've mentioned a few times this sort of phrase of like campaigning in the new normal and, you know, it's just come into a few conversations that we've had with folk in different yes groups um over the country. And uh, so that so today we're we're basically going to have a theme for the program, which is just that campaigning in the new normal. Is it possible? Is it safe? That's probably maybe the main thing, or just the first thing to think about uh, how to do it. 
and um, so the, so yes, yeah, so the, the the three the three people we're about to talk to have have all got some involvement, different kinds of involvement, but some involvement with what's um, been set up. It's called the National Banner Library. So we're going to go to to Ruth Barrett in in, in Oban first, because um, Ruth, uh, as I understand it, this. This banner library was a, originally an idea of yours. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yes. Tell us a wee bit about that. Well, it was it was it was actually before coronavirus started because um, it was it was um, probably late last year. Um, I decided that it would just be a good idea. We needed banners, we needed posters around, just telling everybody about independence and, and informing people as much for educational purposes as, as anything because a lot of people just do not know you know the ins and outs of independence and you know the too big the too too wee too poor too stupid and all that sort of stuff you know so I wanted to to get that about so I just thought it would be a good idea to have banners and then I thought well they're quite expensive so if you've, you've bought your banners then you're stuck with these banners you can't keep buying new ones to to change the message so I just came up with the idea of well, how about having a library that we could swap around so I put it to to the rest of the group grassroots open and they said yeah let's go for it so uh so what so what happened then because yeah I mean I've, I've seen the the ban I've seen some of the banners because we've we've got them in the Glasgow pensioners for indie group we joined the library and Sheena's going to tell us a bit more about that so how did it go uh from there did you just start getting designs and I mean must you must have to work with a, a printer to to create the banners how, how did it go from there right well Initially, it, it, I kept bringing it up, and everybody kept saying, "Yes, it's a good idea, good idea, good idea." We didn't do anything, of course, until uh, yes, coronavirus yes. came along. It was like, "Well, we can't really do anything now. We can't go out leafleting. We can't do this. We can't do that. What can we do? We can do the banners. Come on, let's get it going." Um, so it was actually another guy in in our group, Nick Bowles, who phoned me after one meeting and said, "Come on, let's just get this done." <laughs> So Nick Nick was um, is the person that's created our website. So he said, "I'll I'll do all the website stuff, and we'll, we'll find some you know um, some designs and such like." So the 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 place to go initially was obviously Indie Indie Poster Boy, because yes, he's got yes, he's... anyway. So we approached him, and he was really excited. Um, said, "Oh, fantastic! This is what I'm, I was hoping would would happen." So we went to him, and and within the space of of about a week, we had the everything on all just a lot of his designs on the website, and um, it, it was all kind of up and running. And then we we just put it out to the national um, and tried to boost it that way, and also. Um, Grassroots Open joined the regional network, Yes, Highlands and Islands, um, which has been absolutely fantastic, very, very supportive. And the majority of the, the banners are actually across the Highlands now. Um, I'm really, really wanting to push it to down into the into the central belt and beyond to the borders. But that's uh, having a bit of trouble, so I'm I'm hoping that this might help with that. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, yeah in, indeed. So, so these banners, they're they're, they're quite they're quite big, aren't they? They're they're about two meters long, as I'm remembering. The ones we're doing with they're two meters by one meter. Now they're not actually that big as far as a banner is concerned. If you're sort of driving past on a main road, 
but we decided to keep it to the two meters by one meter because we wanted to be able to put them on people's garden fences because you've you've really got to put them somewhere where they're relatively safe you know where people can keep an eye on them because they will be stolen they will be vandalized they are being stolen they are being vandalized and uh. um, so the idea of putting them on people's garden fences just in a in a housing estate it doesn't have to be by a busy road just on a housing estate where people walk past or they they drive past they're not driving that fast so they can see them um so that's why the size um some people are saying they're too small but you know they can get bigger ones if they want but we're sticking to the same size so that when groups choose locations for them they know where they're going they, they know that the same size banners are coming and they've got places where they fit yeah yeah good so so you mentioned that um yes highlands and islands got got uh, involved with it so uh, irene just to just to bring you in is that is that how you got involved yourself yes we um I were asked about uh, uh, having some banners and displaying them so we got uh, five banners from from Ruth and got five very willing volunteers to put them up in various places uh, in Inverness, um, uh, three of which are on uh, very busy roads and very popular. Um, so many people stopping to have a look and read. And we have, touch wood up to now, only had one stolen. Um, sadly because it was on a very good place so that's that place out but they're they're very good and um, we swap around between the five of us every so often just a, a change um, and just to give people um, something different to read so it's um, it's an extremely good idea and um, we're quite um, we've used them actually um banners out on on the street on the the bridges in Inverness oh, and right. other banners as well um and um, we've had lots of toots and <laughs> um shouts from cars and you know well done and basically good to see you back so yes. yeah that's so so do do you put them up do you put them up and um and then leave them there, or do you all, do you always have someone near the band? Actually, presumably you do just put them up and leave them because it wouldn't it couldn't have been stolen otherwise. They're outside the people's houses, um, and uh, well, Touchwood mines. The only the only um, problem I have is when it's very windy. I have to go out and make sure it's still standing. But, uh, <laughs> To date, nobody's tried to steal it, but um, no, they're 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 all mostly very well attached, and um, no, they're um, they're they're brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah. Well Great. done, well Great. done, Ruth. Um, Sheena, I think in Glasgow, the, you guys have been using them for with pensioners for independence. I think you've been using them in a slightly different way. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I would like to say thanks very much to Ruth and everybody else that was involved in, in actually initiating the idea, Ruth, and uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, um, like Irene, we get the five banners. We've changed them over once 
Um, I think there was some kind of difficulty about the handover thing. Um, you know, it was quite far away and meeting some place to, to exchange them. But we did manage to, to change over the banner. We've now got five new ones. Um, the only downside, I would say, we, we tend not to like the faces ones. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think if people glance at it, they think you're promoting either Boris Johnson or whoever's up the face. So uh, it's just amongst our group, we really don't use the faces ones. Sheena, you might have to describe what you mean, what the face, what does, I know what it looks like, but you might have to describe it. Some of them have just got um, words um, like maybe a quotation or something, and as Ruth said, something positive about independence, like all our, the economic benefits of independence are renewables or water, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Quite a good one that people like is the one about um, if Scotland is so awful, why do Westminster want to hold on to us? And that's that's really does seem to resonate with a lot of people, and and it's, it's easy to read from a fair distance. So, but we never we never leave the banners unattended. Never. Uh, the the good point about uh, about them is you don't need much organisation to go out with the banners. Um, I wouldn't say go out in your own, but two people. Um, it's always safer to have two people, and we we go someplace where there's railings, maybe outside a park where there's lots of people walking their dogs. There's buses and things going past. Um, it's quite difficult sometimes to get places where, where there are rails. We never had been told to take them down or anything. We're not in the park, just outside the particular park we tend to use. We'll, we've used um, Alexandra Park and Alexandra Parade, which is quite central, and also um, in uh, uh, Glasgow Green, um, outside a pub, but that's not so busy at the moment as we're in lockdown, and the pubs are all shut. So, um, uh, uh, but we've managed to carry on with the stall, which we have in Argyle Street, which is very busy. People, it's picking up quite a lot now. People are starting to do the Christmas shopping. So we put the gazebo up and we put three banners, uh, two at one side. Uh, we tie them onto the gazebo and one at the other side of the, the gazebo. So there's lots of footfall there. And if people don't want to stop, they, they, they can see the banner and it might just spark something in them to go and read something or you know, um, you know, think think a different way. Yeah. Can so, I ask you a question, Sheena? Irene there was mentioning, you know, they've had lots of positive uh, responses yeah. from passers-by. I was wondering um, if, if you've had any negative responses as well, or no, is it mainly very positive engagement? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it is. It, we also, um, we, with social distance, there's usually maybe up to, uh, six or seven of us at the stall. Um, yesterday it was very windy, and uh, although we've got sandbags to hold the gazebo down, it was it was starting to take off. And uh, but but we persevered and we did our two hour stint. Um, yeah, we hand out the leaflets. I've had two people only just saying that they don't want to touch anything, and that's quite respected. That's fine. But that's two people out of. Lots and lots of people I particularly do, and none of the rest of them had 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 really very much um, negativity about it at all. Yeah, I 
don't very well hardly ever I think been on been a, down in the stall in Argyle Street when it's on. I, I I do go to another one we run out in Milgai, but I happened to be in the town yesterday, so I I popped by along to where they were. You were just setting up the stall by the time I arrived, and um, I was really struck at how well the the well you had the one about the ninety percent of you know water um, uh, mm. in in Scotland and. Mm -hmm. It just stands out, and anyone walking up Argyll Street, they may not stop. Well, most people don't stop, but but mm -hmm. almost everyone's going to see that. So mm -hmm. somewhere or other, the message is getting across. Whether it's folk who you know are not interested, or a wee bit too shy to come up and talk, because that applies to some people. Um, but it, but actually, it's very eye-catching. And uh, anyway, I was there for a wee bit, and. There was this chap had stopped. He was about five or six meters away from that side of the gazebo, so he could see that big banner. And I um, uh, just got <clears throat> chatting. So it's kind of it's a bit funny, isn't it? Because we both got masks on and we're six feet away from each other, and I'm a bit deaf anyway. But you know, so I sort of said to him, "Well, what do you think of that?" And he just said, "Is that true?" I went, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's true. There isn't anything on these things that uh, isn't true. And he just went, wow. He said, oh, but I don't have a vote. Um, it turns out he was here, he's an Egyptian, and he was here with his wife who's working in Scotland, so probably, you know, he won't have a vote. He's not trying to um, uh, live, in, live in Scotland permanently. But, you know, it was obvious that it just made an immediate mark on, on to this chap who, who who knew nothing about it. So presumably, does it even more of an effect when um, people go by and, and well, maybe they do know a bit more about you know Scotland resources. They at least know that there's um uh you know a lot of people in Scotland that want to be independent. So let's go back and um, can you can we explain a little bit about how the library works because it is a library and Sheena if you said you've already swapped with one other group mm -hmm. but it's also true that when you join there are different kinds of banners isn't it so I've already have mentioned of one about resources and Sheena's mentioned this there's some that have got faces on them so Ruth could you maybe tell us a bit about about how how the selection of banners works yeah, well, we, we ask groups to buy five banners. Um, it costs £160 for the five banners. That is just what it costs to have them made and have them sent to the group. We ask people preferably to choose from different categories. So we've got quotations, which is what I think Sheena was mentioning about with the heads on them. So you've, got a, you've often got a photo of somebody like Boris Johnson with the most ridiculous quote that he's made, you know. Um, so I must admit, I feel I feel similar. I'm, I'm not overly keen on the ones with with faces on them. Um, having having said that, apparently the Boris Johnston face is a great is a good one to have in Scotland oh. because everybody hates him that much that it, it does draw attention. And normally you wouldn't put your opposition's pictures yeah. on, on your on your leaflets and things, but apparently with with Boris Johnson apparently it works however so that's that's one category the quotations then you've got memes which is um, 
it can be anything really. I mean, we've got one banner with a, a, a picture of the Glenfin and Dat Viaduct and the slogan, is, it's got a steam train going over it and the slogan is independence, we're getting there. That was a bit of a play on the old <laughs> British Railway. It's there, but, you know, young people won't know about that. <laughs> we're a bit old. Um, um, ideas like that, that don't actually give, particularly educate, but just say something. We've got a, a beautiful one. Um, it's a sun. Actually, it was sunrise over the Firth of Forth. There's a there's a ship coming up, beautiful colours, um, and you've got the wake of the ship. Absolutely beautiful photo that my, my son actually took on his drone. And I think the independent the, the the message on that is something along the lines of um, building a better Scotland. I can't remember exactly what it is. So those are the memes, and then we have statistics. So these are nearly all indie poster boys um, ones where he's quoting you know the statistics of of how much natural resources we have or um the difference in pensions yeah. between us and, yeah. and somewhere else so those are the three main categories so we just ask people to try to choose a um a, a variety so that because you've got to bear in mind although you're choosing the you're not going to see them again for a long time, hopefully, because they're going to go around all the other groups. Um, there is one banner that we've we've had um, designed fairly recently, and I'm actually thinking of every time a, a lot comes to open of swapping one round, and I'll show you which it is. You'll recognise it immediately. Believe oh, in yeah. Scotland. Oh, yeah. oh yes, with yeah. a, so Ruth for the benefit <coughs> Ruth is holding up um, a visual with um, various of these are the visuals from the Scotland debris, aren't they? That's yeah. really excellent. So that one has got um, what, one, two, three, four, five, round about ten, twelve different statistics on it. Mm -hmm. It's eye catching. Yeah. I found in in the open area that that's caused no offence to anybody. It doesn't say yes on it. It doesn't say independence on it. It simply says believe in Scotland. Yeah. But there's no comeback with that. You know, with with yes, you can say no. Yeah. But believe in Scotland. Who's going to say no? I don't believe in Scotland. So it's a really good slogan to use. We're, we're using that more and more now on the on the banners. But that one, I think, would be a good one for people to. To, to have you know all the time to be yeah. honest um we're, we're wanting an awful lot more of the graphics from believe in scotland from uh, gordon mcintyre kemp there's another there's another very good designer who uh, comes up with um posters and designs he does a lot for the west lothian group um uh and his his poster he's a really good designer and he's um he doesn't really go much for having a lot of many words on a poster, so he tends to do it more with with the image, um, and and some of his are great. What I've noticed recently, um, especially with um, oh, Stuart Stuart Kerr Brown, the chap's name is, um, his his posters they've kind somewhere I think we've turned a corner with these memes, so that um, now people are coming up with posters and. The background assumption is that Scotland will be independent. So, so, so not all of them. I mean, obviously, there's a, a great role to be played, especially for the ones about resources and everything. But um, it's kind of like the assumption is 
okay, that's going to happen, and and the the posters are more like where we go from there. Like he's got one, and it's just it's a big key. It's all in you know blue and white, so it's like the saltar, but the colours on the poster. It's just a big key, and if the theme is unlocking Scotland's potential, and it, I don't think it even it says anything about independence. So no. I, I've been I've been really struck really struck by 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 those. Uh, so I'm just here. There, I've just noticed the time because um, we've got to we've got about another ten minutes before we have to have to stop. We've got some, but just before we 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 do that, what what are you what are you thinking yourself about um, uh, you know campaigning now? I mean, are you feeling it's uh, there's ways to make it safe and um, uh, you know okay with people. Is it? Well, I mean, I know it's working in Glasgow because I talk to Sheena quite often. Um, Irene, what 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 are you feeling about that? Um, well, we've been talking about getting out uh, uh, with the gazebo, and but there's been a, a bit of a will people not like it because. You know, it's not safe. We don't want to take the leaflets. Um, so it's um, a, in the throes of being discussed. Yes, yeah. So, but and I know the the time when we went out uh, on the bridges with Ruth's banners, and we also have other banners that were made by uh, Inveryessers, uh, a lot bigger, and it was quite an uplifting experience. You know, you think we're back. We're doing something yeah. after yeah. all these months. Finally, we're doing something. Yeah. So, is what we're doing is online stuff, which doesn't really get to everybody. So it's it's wonderful to get out with the banners and and uh, and do this and well, hopefully get the message home to to more people. Oh, yeah, and. Uh Sheena, you've had sort of similar feelings, I think, about being being out and about. Well, we we're all quite a bold lot, really, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're not home buddies. We do like to get out and about. There, I find it quite difficult to become isolated. I mean, the full lockdown, yes. I mean, we we closed the stall down, and if that happens again, we'll not be doing the stall. There's no question about that whatsoever. But I can reassure Irene that. Um, Certainly, it's very minimal the negative response that we get, and you know nobody said you should. Nobody's actually come up and said you shouldn't be here. So, um, you know, there's no harm. You could try it and see. Maybe people in Inverness have a a different kind of attitude, but I mean, Glasgow is a very big city, and the prevalence of COVID is is higher here. So you would think in this area that you would. Even in Mulgai, where Marlene said they don't do the, the gazebo at the moment, but they're going out doing the banner, which is very easy. You can carry them on a bus if you don't have a car to wherever you're going, meet up with a friend, and you can just either stand there holding them or you can tie them onto a banner and um, just uh, you don't have to hand out leaflets. <clears throat> I know that the girl that does it in Mulgai, she doesn't hand out leaflets so much, but it's just your preference. Uh, we do wear masks and um, um, we do try and keep uh, distant from people, but we find it's the public that tend to come to us and we are the ones that are going, oh, just a minute, you know. So I haven't found that at all 
So I would give it a try and um, see, different, none of us are in a vulnerable group apart from our age. Um, I mean, I can understand if people are, are have vulnerable or, or health yeah. issues where they yeah. wouldn't want to totally understand that. That's yeah. just been said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what about up in Oban, Ruth? Is anything uh, street campaigning up, up there? No, to be honest, our group just won't do anything. They just say, no, no, we're not doing anything. So I'm just um, focusing very much on the banners, the guest speaker meetings that we have, um, and work with, with Yes with yes Highlands and Islands, which is, is tremendous. And I mean, through that, we're, we're developing the, the national network now as well. So there's an awful lot of work sort of... The, the, the kind of thing that nobody really hears about but it's yeah. preparation main campaign um, so I would say um, apart from the banners, that's, the banners are the public thing the guest speaker meetings that we run um, we, I mean we've we've got a, a mailing list of nearly 200 people for those now so they're getting be, becoming quite popular um, and those I really look upon as being educational, it's for ourselves to learn and then when we're, we're asked about things come the campaign we'll be able to answer yeah. so look out for the next look out for the next guest speaker meeting which is actually on the 24th of november keep that one free i can't tell you who it is at the moment oh it's a good one but i can't tell you who it is i can't tell you till next wednesday maybe thursday um and then i will announce it and i'll send out a um an email to everybody on the guest speaker list and hopefully it'll get into the national as well but then um, obviously i can't control that but if anybody wants to join the guest speaker list for those zoom meetings just send an email to contact at grassrootsurban.scot great good for, for for anyone who's listening who um hasn't uh joined uh, some of grassroots urban's uh events they're 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 excellent um I, I don't know if it's you that gets the speakers. You probably have a team that you work with, I guess, Ruth. But um, you certainly put together some um, really, really good speakers, and and not just speakers, also panels. Um, that one where you had uh, John Curtis there—that was brilliant. I, I was quite surprised the extent with which he took part, actually, because you know he wasn't—he didn't just kind of sit back and give the factual stuff he gave a few opinions as well but uh, yeah yeah they they were they were excellent so um maybe we maybe we have to uh wrap it up there and it's been really good talking to you but the the, the thing is uh what we should say before we go is if anyone's listening they're part of a yes group um uh, and they're thinking they might want to join in how how would they do that um, send an email, same address as I've just said, contact at grassrootsopen.scot. Um and I'll I'll tell them all about it. I mean you can you can go on to the website and go to the website www no it's not www it's it's just grassrootsopen.scot mm -hmm. and then forward slash banners hyphen library and you've got all the information on there. Um you've got the terms and conditions, everything you need to know. But again, if you want to email, then just send me an email and I can help you out further. Great. Wow. 
Can I just say that um, I've been to quite a few of your Zooms, Ruth, and they're absolutely fantastic. I think it's a wonderful innovation that we're now able to just at the touch mm. of, I mean, presumably we could have done it before, but it's become a reality. It's one of the upsides of the lockdown that we're now able to attend, you know, meetings organised by other yes groups in different parts of the country. And you have had some fantastic ones um, up in a grassroots open so I'd really like to thank you for that it's been smashing thank you well look out for the 24th keep the date free will do that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great um, well thank you all three of you for for coming on and chatting to us uh chatting to us this morning and um yeah anyone else out there you want to find out more get onto grassroots open website and uh you'll 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 be you'll be able to see some of the uh, pictures of some of the uh some of the the banners as well so so we're just going to before we move to our next guests, which are uh, who are two people from Yes Berwickshire. Bye Sheena, bye Irene, bye Ruth. And just to explain, when I interviewed Lauren and Campbell not long after Scotland's men football team had just got themselves through into the Euros 2021, that's why you're hearing us talking about the footy. Yeah, welcome back to End Live Radio and the daytime show. Pal and I are usually in Glasgow, but we've got a, a, a new Zoom call set up with Lauren Anton, uh, who's uh, part of the Yes Berwickshire group. Lauren, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, really pleased you agreed to come and chat to us. How's, how's the weather down there, that part of the country? It's a pleasure. It's, the sun's shining at the moment. It's nice. Windy, windy but nice. <laughs> and just before uh, we went on air, Lorne, you told us that you were an extremely happy man this morning after the fantastic football result. It was terrific, terrific. At long last. I mean, for years and years, they've, they've been saying to us that we haven't got the quality players. Which clearly we have. It's just how you manage them, you know. Aye, that, that's the men you're talking about there, uh, Lorne. It is, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a follower of football much, but uh, even I started watching the women's football team uh, when they were in the they were in the World Cup, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. and they, I yeah. think they have. They've, they've been in the Euros as well, actually, a, a few years back. But yeah, no, it was great seeing seeing the guys do that. But um, knife-edge stuff, and you know. When you, your opponents get an equaliser in the last 30 seconds of the game, you're yeah. kind of going, oh, no, oh, it's happening. That was, when, that was when the whiskey came out. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, my heart, I mean, I was nearly sick when that happened because I thought, yeah. oh, this is going to be the same old story of Scotland snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Especially when it went to a penalty shootout, I thought, yeah. oh, yeah. But it was just amazing. Actually, on, on Facebook last night, a friend of mine, who I, I was a teacher in the East End of Glasgow, and this friend of mine it was also, and she said that David Marshall, that's the goalie, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. She was his teacher. She was his guidance teacher in the Andy. The Andy is St Andrew's secondary out in Carntine. And yeah. she said that at his second year... Um, 
career, you know, interview, his options interview, she asked him what he hoped to be and he said he wanted to be a footballer and there's lots of wee boys say they want to be footballers so it's absolutely wonderful to see um, somebody actually going from yeah. a wee boy like that to becoming a sort of national hero if you like. Yeah, sainthood guaranteed for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be a lot of folk calling their, calling their wee babies Marshall or David I think. Yeah. Anyway, so um, let's move on to talking about um, campaigning because that's what you're here to talk to us about today, Lauren. Um, can you tell us just a wee bit about the group that you're in and what you've been up to recently in terms of are you managing still to campaign um, at the moment? How are things going in Yes Berwickshire? We started... We started, I would think, two years ago on the bridges because we'd seen them doing it in Fife and over the M8, and I think they do it over the M74 as well. So we started doing it on a couple of bridges which are just north of the border. They're actually perfectly placed. There's one over the dual carriageway on the A1, which is only about 200 yards from the border. Yes. So we started off originally with just flags, the salt tires, the line rampants, the yes banners, you know, the EU ones, just having flags. And then we joined two or three of the flags together. We got eyelets put into them and we joined them all together to make banners. But then when it came up to the, the time of the EU vote, we thought it would be good to have a banner that we could use on the bridge that had something to say. And the first one we had, it was... It's a fairly modern bridge, so it's got uprights along the side of the bridge that are two and a half metres apart. So we thought we can get banners made that we can use on the bridge. So the banners are in three parts, and we tie them onto the bridge, and the, the uprights are two and a half metres apart. So the banners we've got are two and a half metres by 700 deep. And the first one we had built said, made said, we got it made in one of the printers in Berwick-on-Tweed. So the first one we had made said, welcome to Europe, in big letters along the top, and a warm and generous Scottish welcome to everyone underneath. And we used that up until the time of the EU vote, and around the time where we, the, the first move was made to leave on the 1st of January, just passed. Then when all the uh, stuff started to happen in Westminster about removing Scotland's powers, we had another one made. And these, these are all the three-part ones that we tie onto the bridge across the A1 as you're coming north. The second one said, defend Scotland's parliament. Big enough, smart enough, rich enough underneath. And the one we're thinking we might get done to uh, start the new year and the run up to next May is toot and vote for independence and independence is normal underneath. Yep. So the top the top line of the um, of the banner is about it's seven hundred mil deep these banners that we've had made. The top line is four hundred and the one underneath the smaller line is one fifty and we tie those onto the bridge. The police have visited us on several occasions and have been absolutely fine about it so mm. far. Mm. 
Good. So the way the coronavirus has worked is with all the social distancing rules and that, we decided that we would have, and probably in the future, so we can cover more time, we do it in shifts. So we have 12 to 15 volunteers usually. So what we do is we have four people at a time, a team of four, and the last time we did it, we managed to cover six hours on a Saturday on the bridge. That's a good turnout of people, 15 of you doing that, isn't it? That's excellent. It is. I mean, I suppose the fact that it was Saturday helped, because obviously folk have got work, but the the Yes Berwickshire group is, shall we say, the majority of them are folk of a certain age, you know? <laughs> so we managed to run the troops out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... It's good. I mean, you get you get the usual um, aggravation. You get people giving you the finger and all the rest of it. But I always think it works two ways. If it's annoying the unionists, that's brilliant. If it's making the, the folk that believe in independence happy, that works too. So you're working both ways, you know. That's great. Yeah, yeah, um, that's so, really good. Um, we've got another guest joining us shortly. Um, Campbell McEwen is coming in. Do you know Campbell? Is he is he a friend of yours, a colleague that helps on the same project, Lauren? Hi there. Hi. Hello there. Is that Campbell? It is. Yes. Hello, Campbell. It's Valerie here and Marlene, and we've got um we've got Lauren Anton in on, in this Zoom call as well. Okay. Hi, Campbell. Hi. Great that you've managed to join us. You can hear us okay? Fine, yes. So basically, um, Campbell has just, uh, Campbell, Lauren has just been telling us about this project that you've been involved in as part of the Bridges for Indy. So um, he's, you've joined us uh, just now. So um, he's been telling us that you've been getting quite a good turnout and whereabouts you've cited it and that you made us smile there by saying that... Um, uh, that it motivates yes supporters but if it annoys the unionists well that's all to the good so um, what's your take, what's your experience been um, Campbell of being involved in this project right well I have to admit when I first heard the idea of standing on a bridge waving a flag I thought it was stupid and the first time it happened in Berwickshire. We were in Berwick, and we thought we'll drive under the bridge and have a look. And I thought it was marvellous. So we circled round and joined them on the bridge, and it was such a good atmosphere. So next time at the bridges, we went, and it's amazing because if you're out leafleting, say 200 leaflets, 200 houses, you meet maybe five people at the door maybe two or three people on the pavement. But if you're on a bridge, you do get, and you don't realize this until you experience it, you do get eye-to-eye contact with the passenger and sometimes the driver. So you've got a human response, and that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. You very often get a wave, or a toot of the horn or a flash of the light sometimes you get a rude sign but not always <laughs> um, and there have been some amazing things I remember there was a, a Chinese bus 
Okay, so they don't have a road, but never mind. A Chinese bus with a Chinese driver, and they saw us way down the road, and they're standing in the aisle waving. Wow. Waving <laughs> Scots for the independence. I think it's, it sounds like you've got a really good location for it. We have two bridges, one about 150 metres up from the border, actually wow. see the border from it. It's quite exposed, um, but it's a good place. And then about two miles further up, there's one at Aiton, or near Aiton, and it's good, it's more sheltered. Um, and it's actually a busier road because it's a traffic on the bridge crossing the one. Sometimes they stop and they say, what are you doing? And they've no idea what we're doing until we tell them. And maybe give them a badge, sometimes a flag, sometimes a book to take away. And uh, they're happy. That's where we. Um, can I can I play devil's advocate here, right? So I'm not, um, this isn't me thinking this, but it is something that somebody did say to me once. So I'm going to run it past you. And Lauren, are you still there? Can you hear it? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. I would just like you to comment on it. Um, so, um, as I say, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm not. It's not my view. But I remember we about a year or so ago, actually, when the Bridges for Indy thing started up. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and her and her husband are great independence supporters. They, they're very active. They did a lot up in Stornoway during the first referendum, and you know they're, they're totally committed. But they were quite against this idea, and she said that her husband felt it was dangerous, and that she said all it would take would be one accident where you know some somebody might say well they were distracted by you know flags on the bridge or whatever and that would kind of taint the the movement if if there ha if there was a road accident and there was any suggestion at all that you know that looking at the flags or being distracted had had a had been a factor mm -hmm. what would you say to that Do you, is that something that's ever occurred to you has anyone ever they said that to you. I'll come to you first, um, Lon, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something we can we have to consider all the time. Yeah. I mean, another issue that hasn't been uh, spoken about yet is the issue of weather. You know, yeah. One of the good things about the two sites that we've got is one of them is. I mean, the first thing to say is that both of them are visible from a long distance. Yeah. You're not you're not coming round a corner and being confronted with something that you have to look up to quickly yeah. and then look away again. You can see them probably at eight and you can see them from coming from the north, you're looking at a quarter to half a mile. Coming uh, from the south, you're looking at the best part of a mile. Mm -hmm. And it is probably a mile in both directions when you're at the one which is actually at the border. What we have to make sure is that they're properly secured. And the yes. other thing is weather. If it's windy, then luckily one of them, the one on the border is quite exposed and the one at Aiton is quite sheltered. So it's something that we have to think about. Yeah. But it is it is a concern, if you like, you know, that nothing should obviously nothing should ever fall into the carriageway. Mm -hmm. It's a concern, but we think it's a a manageable concern. Can I put yeah. it that way? 
Yes, yes, that makes perfect sense to me. What about yourself, Campbell? Do you have anything to add to that, to what Lauren said about yeah, the safety aspect? Safety, very, very important. We're very well aware of this. Now, we, we tie banners onto the bridge. Uh, Lauren, who was in the Navy, is very good with knots, and they're tied very securely. Um, people holding a flag. Now, we have to be careful there. They must not let go of the flag. They must always have at least one hand on the flag. Absolutely. And this, this is just a fact that if you're on a bridge, you hold your flag. You don't put it down. You don't wave around and chat to someone not looking what your flag's doing. You concentrate on the flag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, before the virus came along, we used to have a lot of people on the bridge and there was a lot of chat going on between people, which was good, meeting up, learning things. Um, but we had to be careful that we were holding the flag. Yes. Now that we've got restrictions and we're, you know, two meters, we've got fewer people. Uh, and actually this works really well because we work in shifts. Normally we'd be on the bridge for maybe two and a half hours, which is quite a long time. Now we're on the bridge for two hours and then the next lot come in. So we can, in total, we can be there for six hours, which is good. That's but good. we're very well aware of safety. And the police, um, last time I was on the Hayton Bridge, the police passed twice in their van, didn't stop. The second van gave us a wave. The later, they came back and they stopped. Yes. I wasn't there at the time, but they inspected what we had. Mm -hmm. We are very satisfied. Oh, that's so good. Keep going, and off they went. That's brilliant. So you've got the official seal of approval from the constabulary. But every time we're on a bridge, safety has to be thought about first. Yeah, I mean, like, I hope you don't think that it's me personally that's being critical. It was just that I think that it's something that does occur to people, and that's why I wanted to raise raise that issue so that you could explain all that to the listeners it, it, it's right that it's raised because if you have people not paying attention not doing things properly it could be extremely dangerous yeah, yeah so if there was another if there were people out there listening um, Campbell and Lauren that were keen to maybe start doing this near where they live what advice would you give what practical advice would you give to them apart from what you've already said which is you know um, being very very careful about like things being properly held and properly secured um, what, what other advice would you give to people if they were thinking of starting to do this in their area I think, I think the thing that has to be considered is can you see what we are doing from a long distance mm -hmm. I think it has to be something that people aren't taking a quick look at when they're turning a corner or at a junction or something like that. It has to be somewhere where there's a clear view yeah. from both directions. And it's other than that, it's just the safety of the people that are doing it, you know, yeah. making sure there's a good pavement and there's plenty of space. You know, other than that, I think I think we've probably covered most of the things that I can think about. Yeah. 
But it sounds like a really. It sounds like you're doing an absolutely amazing job. That you're there for six hours. That you're in a fantastic location. That you're getting lots of visibility, um, and a lot of positive reaction as well. Oh, the reaction's great, terrific from most people. And the other lot, well, we just have a chuckle, you know. You know, it's a bit more. Sim- this is true. So, a bit more symbolically, it's just fantastic, isn't it? So, got cars driving over the open border. Well, according to some people, the border doesn't exist. But you know, they just come over the border, and the first thing they see, on at least when you're there, is uh, are are your are your banners are on it, and the one that you know it says independence is normal. I mean, it just it has an effect has an, an effect whenever that happens. But for that to be the first thing that someone sees yeah. as they drive over the border is fantastic. It's just uh, great that that's uh, that 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 you're doing that. Um, it's not the first thing they see when they cross the border oh. because there are three large flagpoles with three salt tires oh. at the border. Right. So they see that first, and then minutes later they see us. Great. Yeah. Even better then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you? Um, so, you're doing that over. Is it which? Is it the which road is it? Is it A six eight or the A one? A one, yeah. A one, so yeah. Do Do you do it? Have you ever tried doing it on on other bridges? I mean, even bridges in you know in the towns down in Berwickshire um, that you might put those banners up. There aren't many that we can use. I mean, going right up into East Lothian. It's a good distance before you get anywhere where you can find another bridge which yeah. is as suitable as those two. Yeah. So they're they're perfect really, they're in a good position and um yeah, yeah that's great. So um apart from that, or do you think um we were talking earlier to um Ruth from uh, Grassroots Oban um and also, um, oh, crikey, that's terrible. Oh, God, I've forgotten the lady's name. Yeah, we, we, we ha- we're talking to uh, we, we were talking to Ruth from Oban, Sheena, who's uh, Glasgow Pensioners for Indie Group, and then the other the other uh, lady was Irene from uh, Inveryes Group. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say was um, they were talking about the banner library. Um, you know, is that something that your group have you um, heard of the banner library organised by the Open Grassroots Group? Um, is that something that you've uh, your group might like dip into? Have you heard of that initiative? At the moment, we're not apart from the bridges. We're not campaigning, but we have someone in Dunn's who's who has a, a large garden and. They in the past have put banners up, and they wanted to put banners up um, on the roadside in Duns, and we considered the Open Library. Personally, I think it's a good thing, uh, but there were people dead against it. And what we decided we'd buy a couple of our own new banners. Okay. So we did that. And it's been there for about two months. Okay. We've got we've got two other places they can go to, uh, and that will happen fairly soon. And we're thinking should we buy more new banners? And we could, but there comes a point 
where we can't afford to go on buying our own. We should go or consider again going with the open banner library. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the banners we loved, some we didn't think we really liked. That's not the point. We, it gives us a, a rotation of banners yeah. for a fixed fee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, we're going to be talking about this next week. All right. I think eventually we'll join in with the, the open scheme. Yeah, great. You're right enough, though, I think, Campbell, that you know some of them are more popular than others, and that's just a question of people's own personal taste. You know, yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, that, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that we discussed earlier in our discussion, our conversation with Irene and Sheena um, and Ruth, that some of them are not very popular for various reasons and others are more um, are more sought after. So but I suppose that's inevitable if you have a range of different designs that some yeah. folk will prefer yeah. some to others. And, and they live and learn. I would think that, you know, if you have an area where maybe people are walking past, uh, you, that might be a different type of banner that would be more effective than one where people are driving past. Right. If they're walking, they can stop and they can read more yeah. words. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody's just stopped at the traffic lights, you want something with a big, simple jump out message. You, you can't have something with too much text, can you? That's right. Yes. Oh, well. So, but we, we, we certainly think that that's a very novel idea. And it is, it, we, you know, it, obviously people in political parties and yes groups um, uh, all over the country are fight, are going to have to find more creative and inventive ways of campaigning because a lot of the traditional ways are going to be cut off to us. Marlene's got a question here um, about indie support in the borders. What do you think, how do you think that is just now, you know, support for independence in your area? Do you think that's moving on a bit now? With, in the wake of the polls that came out yesterday that's, that show growing support for independence? When we started in Yes Berwickshire in 2012, support in the borders was about 13%. Wow. And we had people coming up saying, oh, yes, I want independence, but not now, not at this time. Uh, and it was very, very hard. Uh, on actual referendum day, it was 33%. Oh. So we, th we think <laughs> we made a difference, not a big enough difference. But since 2014, when it was 33%, we are... With lots of evidence, people telling us things that has certainly gone up. Now, how far it's gone up, I don't know, but I would say it would be the 40% mark, somewhere above 40%, um, about there. Well, that's a very positive, a positive um, direction, and I know that you know in some areas it's a lot more difficult, and um, I, I know that you know the area that you two are working in is one of the the harder ones so uh, more power to you yeah um, I mean I think in, in a lot of people are very set in their ways for example our neighbours lovely neighbours they're fine they're the farmers uh, but they agree with almost everything I say or tell them I think they have a son who's very pro-yes 
So if we talk about something, they say, yeah, that's right, that's right. But they can't, they cannot find themselves able to vote yes. Though in many areas, they agree with it, but they can't actually vote for it. They can't and just... there are lots of people like that in Berwickshire. Do, do you think that might change, uh, Campbell, once the effects of the UK internal market bills start to make themselves felt on, well, farming community? Well, I would, I would imagine so. Yeah. But you know, people have fixed ideas. Yeah. They, they have an idea of their place in society, and that means they have to vote a certain way to keep in with certain people. Oh, we have horses, and we do this, we do that. You know, we are up there with the tops. Uh, well, okay, fair enough. And that's what you want. But think about your daily life. How how could it be better? Could it be better? Yeah. Is it perfect? No, I don't think it is. Yeah. Let's make it better then. Yeah. Let's do and, something. And, and and let's make it better for our you know our children and our grandchildren's generations coming up exactly. behind us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think one I think one thing to remember is that we have returned a, an SNP MP here. It was Callum Kerr from 2015 to oh, 2017. Right. Yeah. So it, it's all to fight for, mm -hmm. and. Going back to the farmers and the internal market, there was an article by Jim Fairley in the Scottish Farmer, um, I think about a month ago, which was talking about the internal market and what it's going to do to farming prices and standards, etc. And I think that's what we need. I think there was an approach being made to Jim Fairley to see if he could condense what he'd said in the Scottish Farmer to produce a good leaflet. I think the effective way to do it for me is to have targeted leaflets and information that we can put out to yeah. different sections of the community. Absolutely. And the same yeah. with the fishing community as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, we need we need the brains to produce the stuff and, and then we can get out and get on the hoof and get it distributed, you know. Yeah. But yeah. we need we need to bring together all the information into a manageable, readable form, you know. So true. That's very that, true. That is true, and it's also true of getting something that's targeted for, um, you know, over sixties or over sixty fives in yeah. in the population yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah. 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 That's um, one of the things that L lamentable Lamont is very good at. Is. <laughs> He's got his kind of, he's, he's, they're very well organized on the ground. They have contacts that we would have difficulty accessing, you know, um, care of the elderly, you know, places like this, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, there are places which are quite difficult to access. Yes. Which you would think would now be persuadable, you know. Yeah, uh -huh. indeed, indeed. Can I uh, move us on just on a different topic altogether before we finish up with you guys? Because we do have a question from one of our regular listeners who's part of our radio team, Fiona McGregor. And um, she's Fiona in the radio, Indie Live Radio, has been very um, instrumental yeah. in um, improving things and doing surveys to find out what people want to listen to. And she's got a question here about the indie media, and that includes Indie Live Radio, but not just us. She says that the indie independence supporting, like, media, you know, like Broadcasting Scotland, Independence Live, different types of media, 
There are a lot of fragmented bits there of people doing what they can, but is any of it having any impact? And she says, or is it like buses and libraries? Is it the sort of thing that people want to exist but don't actually access it much themselves? You know, in theory, people want things like Indie Live Radio and Independence Live to exist, but that they don't necessarily listen to it or watch it themselves. I wonder if you've got any views on that. Um, can I come to you first, Elon? A couple of weeks ago, there was the estate on Morvin that people were wanting yeah. to, the, the local community were wanting to buy. Yeah. In the end, um, I think the local community avoid, uh, voted against the purchase. Um, which was a real surprise to me. But one of the things that I thought about at the time, I went on to the Scottish Land Registry and looked at all the different projects that they that, that had supported. And there was also the two there's two land purchase um, organisations in the Scottish Borders. And one of the things that I thought about at that time, talking about all the different independence organisations was why can't we have something like the way that the trade unions are organised? I was active in the NUR and the RMT for most of my working life. They have trade union branches and they have what they call trades councils. Mm -hmm. Trades councils bring together all the trade unions that exist in an area. There's one in Berwickshire um, and there's one in Berwick-on-Tweed. Now it has delegates from the public service unions, from the railway unions, you know, and from the transport unions. And it seems to me that we need us, we should have a central organization which is pulling all these campaigns together and disseminating that information. I know the National does quite a lot, and you, you occasionally see in the National about things like land purchase, you know, like the Morven one, they run it an article in the Sunday National. But there doesn't seem to be, like the yes groups, when the Morvan thing was going on, I sent out an email to a couple of the neighboring yes groups, and I didn't even get a reply. And I, all I'd said was, here's an email from the chair of the Morvan campaign. Perhaps you'd like to disseminate it and see if anybody wants to support the campaign to buy the land at Morvan. Now, I didn't even get a reply from either of them. And you just think, what are the, apart from the yes groups organizing in their local areas, shouldn't the yes groups be getting their heads together over things like land purchase, you know, campaigns around Moss Morin, you know, or over salmon farming? Over, over issues like this, day-to-day -day issues, shouldn't the Yes Movement as a whole be tackling um, the, you know, different problems yeah. as a united front, rather than just going off on tangents individually, you know? That's, and that's something that I think that, that all the Yes groups should be thinking about and organising. And I think that kind of thing is crucial before the run-up to next May. I think you're right. And we were, we had. I'm in Yes Glasgow Northwest, and I was chairing a meeting of that the other night, and that was one of the things we were discussing. Was you know, 
uh, umbrella, the emergence of like umbrella organisations, if you like, because I think there are more and more moves afoot to try and link up groups. Uh, like, for example, this weekend, I don't know if any of you guys are signed up to it, but there's a big online conference organised by um, All Under One Banner. Organisations like that do have a role and also believe in Scotland, you know, the former Business for Scotland, which is now kind of um, developed into Believe in Scotland. I think they, they are seeing a role for themselves in, uh, you know, being a, a forum for yes groups to link up. Yeah, I think what you're saying there is really very a powerful idea, though, the idea of yes groups working together to unite on causes that are that transcend just the fight for independence, that transcend, you know, yeah. they're important for the future of Scotland, particularly in terms of the environment. Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, it's interesting idea. I'm just going to be devil's advocate a wee bit, um, Lauren, because, you know, how to put it? Um, I mean, you've mentioned various uh, single-issue campaigns, so land reform, or, uh, yeah, salmon salmon farming, and, and, and the other ones that you mentioned. So every one of those you mentioned, I could easily... Uh, you know, lend support to those, especially land, especially land reform. Yeah. But yeah. But you know, there's only so much time in the week, and uh, and there are groups already set up. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a revive. Um, well, that's specifically Grousemoor um, uh, re- renewing. But there's already single issue groups set up that are focusing on that. So I kind of wonder if it would really work. To suggest that yes groups get involved in that as a single issue. On the other hand, yeah, you'd you'd think that if there was um, something like possibility of a community land buyout, then local people would gather round. But I'm not quite sure that it would work in terms of the yes groups doing it because our single issues independence, isn't it? So yeah, I'm yeah. a bit. I'm a, I just have a few questions about about it about it as an idea. To, to an extent, I, th- I think that's absolutely right, that there's only so much we can do. But it's, to me, it's just, I mean, the Morvin one, for example, I didn't know anything at all about the Morvin one, I think, till a fortnight before the closing date for the funds. And they ran, there was an article, a double-page article in the Sunday National. And something as, something as important as that, I thought why is it a fortnight away and I've only found out about this? Mm-hmm. Because I think that, I, like you, I think that land land reform in Scotland is perhaps one of the top of the agenda issues for an independent Scotland. And it just seemed, I mean, I suppose you can say I'm not spending enough time uh, trawling the web to find out about things like Morvin and the, the land purchases in the borders. But I just felt that I should have known about that beforehand, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, it seems, it seems like you're doing some fantastic work down there and you never know. Uh, I, we, we were enjoying speaking to people in different parts of the country. It's absolutely great. So once they... Uh, 
all this these restrictions get lifted, I think we're going to have to go on tour and go and visit some of the people. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come and stand on your bridge. Yeah, so we'll... yeah. Brilliant. Spare bedroom here anytime. Oh, wonderful. That's that's great. We'll have a wee hall. We'll have a wee weekend down with you. But listen, both to both of you, thanks very much for uh for coming on the programme and um yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really good kind of speaking to you. Yeah. Bye for now. Yeah. Yes. And Bye for now. Nice to speak to you. Thank okay. you so Bye. much. Bye.